Yay. Uh, that, uh, I was supposed to tell you this earlier, that's my uh, wife, Denise, and her mom, Carol. Uh, Carol lives down in Missouri. She has Parkinson's disease. And, and you know, that's kind of what I was uh, referencing. I mean, we, we still have our moms around. My mom's here. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's not always easy. And it's not easy for Carol. It's not easy for us to figure out uh, how to be with them enough and all those kinds of things. And um, so that was also our youngest daughter, Becca, on the video, putting all those things together. Would you, would you welcome my daughter, Becca, all the way from California? <laughs> Thank you. Remember that it's two hours earlier in California. It's so, so early. So she's uh, <laughs> chugging it, not, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and my wife, Denise, t- tell, us, uh, just tell us a little bit about what you do now, both of you, what you've done in leadership as a warrior woman along the way. What, what is your uh, role? Yeah, well, it's just so good to be with you guys. I love this church. You are my home, home church. Um, and it's just so fun to be back here. So thanks for having me. Um, so I work at a church in California called Mariner's Church, and I'm the women's ministry director there. I've been on staff for two years, um, and before that have just been in a lot of leadership positions and um, different programs at school and through church and different things like that. You grew up a leader at church. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of forced upon you when you're the pastor's kid. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Especially by their dad. Oh, yeah. Well, how about their mom? What did she yeah, do? Yeah. Well, he asked me temporarily to take worship, and I did it for 20 years. So how's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, but so, I did. I, I served on the church staff for 20 years. I was able to keep it part-time, and... Uh, so, and then now, um, after I retired and resigned and turned it over to a wonderfully talented group of people, I um, am able to focus on mentoring young women. I have a mentoring group even here at Parkview, and I uh, have a podcast and blog that I try to encourage women in their faith and to step out and be leaders for Christ. And even our pastor's wives have just started kind of gathering them together to encourage them as well here at Parkview. So, so strong leadership from uh, both grandmothers. My mom is a strong woman leader. Um, the reason I bring that up is because uh, Paul talks about Timothy. He says, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois. He's writing to Timothy, but he said, in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And I think we would probably all, uh, those of us that came from a faith background, would probably all, uh, you know, readily agree that the faith comes through the mom, maybe a little stronger normally than it does even for a dad. And um, so we just wanted to talk a little bit about how it all works together, okay? Here's my uh, cartoon for Mother's Day because we realize what a day it is for you. One vacation day a year, that's all I get. We call it Mother's Day, but technically you still have to work. Hey, I'm grilling steaks, okay, but uh, everything else for the dinner today, Denise has already done. Um, that's kind of how it goes for you, you know, you know how it goes. Um, so let's talk about roles in the church um, for one thing. I mean, how, how have you been challenged as a woman in general as you've tried to be? I mean, I, I mentioned at communion, uh, God is, you know, it, it's, it's the father and the mother. God gave us both sets of gifts. How has it been challenging for you guys? Yeah, well, um 
I grew up in the church, so um, I think it's interesting that I actually never felt super challenged. And the part of that could just be that I'm the pastor's kid, and so people don't really challenge you. <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, but then I think that kind of carried me um, through college and post-college, and I just always knew that I was a leader and that I was going to step out in those ways. And um, so for me, the challenges have been um, not necessarily being the first pick for a leadership opportunity or for mentorship. And it was interesting, we were just talking yesterday about how within the church, a lot of men are mentored because it's a safe, right, for a, a man who's in leadership to mentor a young, another young man. And so that leaves a lot of women out, and that totally makes sense, you know, but at the same time, you're leaving so many women out, and so there's not as many older women in the church who are stepping up and mentoring these younger women mm. to step out and be leaders. And that's a challenge for me that is actually why I'm at the church I'm at now, is because there are women pastors and um, women leaders, women on the executive team, all those things that I can be mentored by them, and I am, and it's just fantastic. Yeah. So would you, what about you? I'll let you answer first. Challenges? Uh, um, well, I, I was blessed because when I came on staff here, um, we were, I don't know what was different about this area or the church. Um, some of the people were here were way ahead of our churches a, in the South. There was because a refreshing view of women. Of women, um, because yeah. when we came for the first time ever, I saw women serving communion in church. And I thought, duh, yeah, why can't they? And so um, it's a beautiful thing that women can step up and use their gifts here and be on staff and even on our executive team. And it's, it's, I never felt challenged in that way. My challenges were more like most of you face, mm -hmm. that I trying to balance home and my kids and my job and being married to him, and all of those roles together. That was probably my bigger challenge. Yep, it was. Um, <laughs> so, so, Becca, would you say, uh, fair to say that you grew up with a, a really healthy, you feel like you grew up with, in a church with a healthy view of, of women um, and, and then went out into the world and found out that everybody didn't have that, and, and so that's kind of where you're at. What would you say that your mom and dad did right to or wrong um, as far as raising you because the whole point with what we're doing the warrior women is like it's not just it's not just warrior men I mean I, I, I have three daughters I want to encourage all of our children to know that they have the ability to go out and fight the battles that they need to fight in the world what, mm -hmm. what do we do right or wrong yeah so I think it's interesting and I, I love that God gave my parents three daughters because I know that God's super intentional about the kids that he gives you and he knew what he was doing when he gave them three daughters and um, I love that because I think sometimes when families have boys and girls a lot of times the boys are pushed to leadership positions and the boys are pushed to try out for things and and um, step up and be a leader in different ways and it's not always parents first inclination to do that with their daughters and with girls um, and so I love and that, that needs to change and yes, but, and that needs to change. But you're right. If there would have been a boy in the mix, who knows how it would have gone. Who I, knows? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I love that God gave you daughters because... Me he, too. <laughs> you knew what he was doing. And um, it forced us into leadership roles because that's what you guys did, right? You pushed us and you mm. made us get involved in things we didn't necessarily want to get involved with but ended up loving, you know, and all those kinds of things. And we were on leadership teams in junior high and high school and all throughout. And that helped me into college 
just automatically knowing, yeah, I can try out for this. I can be on this team. I can be on this club. I can lead this group. Of course I can. Yeah, I'm a leader. I knew that from a young age mm. just because it was instilled in me. And I mm. love that. Mm. So valuable. Good. Um, the, here's the scripture that I used. Um, and you can comment if you want, Becca. But this is a scripture I used last year for men. Um, and, and that's why I wanted to come back with it again. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And the, the whole problem with Gideon is he didn't think he was a warrior. He didn't think he was a leader. So when he, you know, he was like, oh God, please don't make me do this. He put these fleeces out, you know, these, these, these tests for God and like, don't, don't make me do this. Okay, well, here's a whole bunch of people. And God said, no, you can't take that many people. You just need a little bit of people to go fight this battle because I am with you. You are a mighty warrior. And that's what we want to instill in the girls. That's what we want to instill in the women in our congregation as well. So last year for Father's Day, I showed a picture of my grandson, Charlie, with his brave heart face on. And, uh, you know, uh, this year I decided I needed one of my granddaughter, Olivia. So here she is. Yeah! She's two and she's a fighter. They cannot take our freedom! That's what she's doing right there. What, so what does that mean to you, Denise? Both of you, I guess, but I'll start with Denise. What does it mean to be a strong woman, to be a warrior woman? Well, first of all, we're not fighting against anything here today. What we're wanting to do is encourage women um, to be all God has called you to be. Um, being a strong Christian woman means us stopping and realizing we have the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit living in each one of us. And he has gifted you and you are called to use these gifts in however he might want you to use them. And uh, sometimes we're timid or we're shy and we don't want to use, you know, we're just afraid we're misreading or whatever. But um, that's what being a strong Christian woman means to me is following God's call, fighting Satan, as my mom mentioned, and not letting him win mm. in your life. Mm. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that passage in Judges because it's the story of Gideon, like my dad mentioned. And that story and that verse specifically is all about identity. It's all about the angel of the Lord coming to Gideon and saying, you are a mighty warrior. And Gideon says, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm the weakest in my clan. I'm the smallest in my family. I can't do this. It's very similar to the story of David, actually. And the angel of the Lord comes and says, no, you are a mighty warrior. Know your identity, know who you are. And that is what it is all about to be a strong Christian woman. It is about knowing who you are, knowing your worth, knowing your value, knowing your identity, that the Lord calls you, that you are chosen and worthy, and you have gifts and strengths to offer this world that only you can bring. And gosh darn it, we want you to bring them. We want them. The Lord, we need you. The Lord wants to use you in the church, in the community, in your family. And so I just love that. And it's all just about identity. It's about knowing who you are. Preach. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Help her, Jesus. Um, did you, uh, either one of you, did you run into some stereotypes? Be, the reason I ask this is because, I mean, we're, here, here's the reason we're talking about this. 
it blows my mind that we're still talking about racism issues. It, 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 you know, I mean, and, and we've had this. So I bring Sam Ocho in because I want to make sure that we keep talking about it. And it blows my mind that we still are dealing with the, the gender things that are coming up. And the hashtag Me Too is just, is, uh, it's, it's so sad. And, and, and so how do, we, how do we actually fix these problems? And, and I don't know if you ran into those stereotypes. Some of a, a lot of people say, well, I don't see the racism issue. And maybe it's because, you know, they're, they're in, a, in, in a their culture place. and they don't see it, mm-hmm. right. um, but, but it's there. You maybe didn't see it, but what did you, what did you experience? Well, I know our mothers, both our mothers did, because yeah. women were given so few opportunities yeah. to serve in churches. Yeah, we had a funny conversation with my mom last night. Yeah, yeah so, but for me, I really didn't um, experience really any stereotypes myself. I was one of few women worship leaders back when I started. There Mm -hmm. weren't a lot around the country, um, but I didn't really experience any um, negativity in our church necessarily. So I know a lot of women, they do. They battle that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, the stereotype, I think, for women is that if you work in a church, you work in either children's ministry or in women's ministry because that's the limit and that's what most people see. So granted, I do work in one of those areas, <laughs> but sometimes I don't want to perpetuate that stereotype because I just get so sick of it. And I love working in women's ministry. I never, I have a funny, God is so funny. You know, I never thought I would work in women's ministry, but now I love it. It's the best thing. I just, God knows what he's doing. Um, but so sometimes when I talk to people and I just don't want to tell them that I work in women's ministry because I don't want them to perpetuate the stereotype, I tell them that I work in life groups which I do, it's part of my role. I work with our off-campus life groups, but I just get so sick of the, I work in women's ministry. Oh, great, you're just like, you're a good little girl, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, no, Let me tell you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so many, there's so many stereotypes against women in the church, and um, that's why it's so important to... It's, it's to, getting better, but it's getting some better. areas are slower than others. And again, others. I yeah. just got to, I mean, you got to understand if you're, if you're here, you're part of Parkview, you're like, oh, well, how, do, how does that work here? I mean, we have women at the executive level leading out of our pastoral care ministry as a woman. I mean, we've still got m- more to do, I'm, I'm sure, but, yeah. but you didn't grow but up But women are recognized for their gifts yes, here, I feel yeah. like. I, I, I hope they so. I hope so. But, it, but that's kind of the whole point. Like, I thought we were okay at racism until I had a very poignant conversation with an African-American friend after the Charlottesville thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I said, you know, how did that go? And he said, well, it could have been better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't really understand it. That's why, that's why I really want to talk about it today. And here's, here's something, as I was studying about this week it, that I ran across, there was a, a, a psychological survey done, and it was in the New York Times Magazine about when are boys and girls at their peak confidence level? And for boys, it, 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 there's not like a specific time. It's all over the map. It's anywhere from 15 to, to 40, depending on the boys. But, but for the girls, it was at age nine. Mm. Peak confidence level for girls is reached at age nine. Think about that. Why is that? Because at that point, they start going to junior high. They start going to high school. They're on social media. They see the Peer world's pressure. view. Of, of what a woman is supposed to be, and we have got to stop that. Jesus was so strong about the role of women and where women were. We've got to stop that. Here's a commercial from Dove, who is uh, an amazing sponsor of this issue. I'll just show you a minute of it, and it'll, it'll sum it up for you. Mm. When did Like a Girl become an insult? Isn't that good? Yeah. Way to go, That's Dove. Okay. 
Yeah, that's good. I, I want to talk a little bit about the church's interpretation. I mean, um, there's a couple of passages in Scripture, and you've got to remember Scripture's been written to a culture. We talked about, Casey and I talked about this back in, in February. There, there's a, there, it, they were written to a cult, certain culture. There's a couple of passages where Paul says, I don't want women to preach, I, you know, I, I don't want, or I don't want women to teach men, and that's what I'm thankful for. When we got here, that was already like a non-issue. That was going on in 1990. But, but th- there's a, it, when you interpret scripture, you got to figure it out. Do we greet one another with a holy kiss? That same passage of scripture says women should not dress up and wear jewelry, you know? So at some point we figured out some things are cultural and some things aren't. Mm-hmm. Talk about the role of women in general in the Bible. Well, with my mentoring groups, one of my uh, favorite weeks is when we study, we pull out about five different women in the Bible and study them. And it's so interesting because there is an Old Testament passage where a woman was not only a leader, she was, had the equivalent of being like the king of Israel. She was the judge and it was Deborah. And she really ruled and, and solved problems for the kingdom of Israel. And in fact, her commander would not go to battle without her being present there because she was just such a mighty warrior for Christ. She was incredible. And that's not an outlier. I mean, there are, I mean, there were all the way through, there were, there were women that were very involved, even though the culture was way backward when yeah. it came to women, they were involved. Very much so. You get to Romans 16. Paul, yes, Paul is a great passage of scripture. There's 26 people that Paul lists at the end of the book of Romans. He's like, thank you guys for partnering with me. 26 people, 10 of them were women. Yeah, and Junia was one of them. And it's a passage that so many people over decades have paid no attention to till um, someone started studying the name and either early interpreters or uh, translators had changed the name or nobody had done a cultural study of the time. And Junia is a feminine name. And in this passage, it's verses seven or nine, I can't remember. She is called, she was in prison with Paul and she was an apostle. He calls her an apostle. I mean, that's like the highest level that he could have called somebody. Um, Jesus traveled from town to town, village to the village, proclaiming good news of the kingdom of God, and the 12 were with him. Also, some of the women who were cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary Magdalene, seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support out of their own means. Right? Women couldn't get a job. We don't even know how they could have supported Jesus out of their own means. The fact that they were in the Bible and written, their names were written in the Bible, we don't understand how culturally crazy that was because women didn't have a role. That's why this was so important. When Jesus goes to the woman at the well in Samaria, the disciples aren't there. And the Bible says that when they came back, it, it says they were surprised to find him talking to a woman because that was just not the way things went. And in the, in the New Testament, Paul said, the way it is now, the way it's supposed to be now, is, it, it, this applies to racism, this applies to everything that there is. There is not Jew, there is not Gentile, there is not slave or free, there is not male or female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And that's why we want to talk about this today. We want to talk about the fact that every one of us has the Spirit of God living inside of us. Yeah. Um, talk about the Ezra scenario. That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, okay. So in Genesis chapter 2, it says, 
The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So that's when God creates Eve. And so that word helper is a word that a lot of women take and they say, okay, so that's my role is to be a helper. And so what does a helper mean to you? It might mean that you help out around the home, you help out with dishes, you help out with the kids, you help out at work, you're the assistant, whatever that means. Um, And so that's what our culture has tended to think of women as. And you guys, that is not what that verse means. Okay, so that word helper, it's the word ezer in Hebrew. And in the rest of the Old Testament, that word ezer is only used to describe God himself. So it is not a word of weakness, it is a word of strength. So it comes up in uh, Psalm 121 verse two, it says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that word help is the same word ezer. It's talking about when we are in times of warfare, when we are in times of battle, that is when the Lord comes and helps us. He is our strength. He is our help. And ladies, that is what you are. That is what we are. We are that strong, powerful force in our families and in our communities and our workplaces. Ezra is a word of of strength and incredible help, not weakness. Yeah. Uh, Here's uh, Deuteronomy. Blessed are you, Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is your shield. Okay, get the warrior thing. He is your helper. Your Eve, he is your glorious sword, okay? Same word, helper, in the middle of sword and shield is the same word for Eve, helper, okay? So, so it, it's, it's an interpretation issue. Mm-hmm. Why, I mean, it's not, it's not that we don't believe that everybody has a place in, in the kingdom and, and there are roles that we all play from time to time and there are different different ways to do that. But why are you so passionate about this now? Why, why is this? Because it doesn't feel to me, I mean, you feel passionate about it, but not necessarily because you feel like you've been put down, right. but, but on behalf of women leaders. Yeah. Thank you for answering the question. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been I, doing that all your life, haven't I? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Um, yeah, I never, I mean, like I said, I never felt super challenged growing up. I, I never even really knew that there was a huge difference because I saw my parents working together to do services every weekend. I mean, it was my mom doing the worship, my dad um, preaching, and they would work together. And that was just how I saw it always happen. It was just a beautiful picture of that. So growing up, I never had any issues with that. I never felt super She was challenged. always very submissive to me, though. No. Wasn't she? <laughs> That's on tape now. (laughs) There's some funny stories. That'll be another service. (laughs) Oh, man. You were submitting to one another. It's great. Um, So, uh, gosh, what was I saying? I'm so distracted now. Okay, so I never felt super challenged. uh, But when I got into college, my passion just came from learning about gender issues around the world, especially in some of the countries that I got to go on a lot of missions trips growing up and seeing... Um, how women were oppressed around the world. Um, It just grew a fire in me. And I just learned stories of women in my life who had been oppressed, who had been put down, who had been set aside and disrespected for different things. And even my my boss at my church back in California told me she's been on staff for 20 years. And when she first came on and had a leadership role where, where men were reporting to her, she had some men that walked away and wouldn't even wouldn't even, they, they quit because they didn't want to report to a woman, hmm. you know? So it's stories like that. And I'm like, that is incredible. How are we still working on this issue? How are we not seeing God's heart in this issue? And it's just, that is where my fire comes from. Good. You got a parting word for, uh, for the gang? Well, I would just say, uh, you all, I, I can't get over it, that God would allow his spirit to live in us. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't utilize it so much in our life to, mm -hmm. to fight um, Satan and, and negative messages. And, and I just want to encourage you to step out and be the woman God has created you to be. I mean, you are beautiful inside and out, amazing, and God wants to use you. And unless you step out, you're never going to get to experience it and um, be the warrior for Christ that yeah. he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you can see where they got it. Um, why don't you pray for us, Becca? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's bring it. Oh, God, thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for these people, this congregation. I thank you especially for all of the women and mothers in this room, Lord, who are mighty warriors, God. I pray that you would instill in every person in this room a true identity of who they are in you, God, that they are worth so much more than what the world tells them, that they are strong because of your spirit that lives inside of them. God, I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit on this place, God, especially over the women, Lord. Would they know, would they know deep in their hearts and in their minds that they are so valuable and loved and have something so incredible to offer this world, Lord. So I pray for them to know that. I pray for them to act in that. And I pray for them to walk out of here with a fresh sense of their identity as a warrior for you, Jesus. So we thank you. We love you. We praise you. In your name I pray. Amen.